Hello, and welcome to King's Chapel Canada's podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at King's Chapel Canada. Now featuring Althea Matias. Hello, welcome back. Um, today we're going to be talking about the greatest gift. Um, otherwise, I'm otherwise love. I'm talking about love. I'm going to talk about love today. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'm going to read you the whole chapter. So, you know, if you haven't gotten enough word in your life this week, now's your chance. Okay, now's your time. Okay, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James. It says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become became I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith that I can remove mountains but have not love I am nothing and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be turned but have not love it profits me nothing okay Basically, the Bible is saying, if you do anything, no matter how amazing, no matter if you can move mountains and you can prophesy, you can speak in tongues, it says, if you can do all things, all these things, but you don't have love, the Bible says that, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Profit means it, it's worth something. It adds value. It says it gives you nothing. If we do things without a love, without love, it means nothing. To God, to your life, it doesn't do anything. You're just literally, the Bible says that you're like a clanging symbol. Or like a sounding brass that has like no purpose. Because if you do things out of, without love, it's not right. And because, you know, God is love. So if we're going to supposed to do, if we're supposed to do good works and do God's stuff, it has to be through love. And the Bible says, goes on to say what love is, you know. We say we love people all the time. We say we love God. We love his kingdom. But we, we say we love our family. We say we love our friends. But the Bible is going to here define what love is. And let's see if we actually are. Bible says that love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Okay, I'm going to just take a minute there. Love suffers long and is kind. You know, this speaks especially when it comes to family. Because we say we love people and we say, oh, I've been going through this for so long. I feel like I've been fighting the same battle. And you know what? Bible says that love suffers long. And you know, God loves you. And he, when you were sinning and you turned your back on him and you went the other way, he suffered. And guess what? He still loved you. And the Bible says that love suffers long and is kind. And means on top of, in addition to. So on top of um, suffering long, you have to be kind. So in those people, in those people, people, okay, I'm talking to you. Those of you that have family members where there, it feels like you've been going on and off with these people. It feels like you've been fighting and working and praying and toiling and all these things and you feel like you've been suffering for a long time well the bible says while you're doing that be kind because if you love them you will be kind okay love does not envy it does not parade itself it is not puffed up so it's humble love does not behave rudely does not seek its own is not provoked thinks no evil does not rejoice in, in iniquity but rejoices in the truth if we love people we rejoice in the truth you know this is so important when um, you know, when we hear that they said something or um, did something, it's very common in our human nature to kind of assume the worst in others. But the Bible says if you really love them, you will rejoice in what? In the truth. So don't just go off what someone said or how you feel or how they made you feel. Go go to them. Okay, the Bible says this to confront that person and find out what the truth is and then rejoice in the truth because honestly, almost 10 out of 10 times, the truth is like good. <laughs> 
Well, if you keep reading, it says that, it, um, that, you know, truth sets people free. But it's true. Like, I remember, you know, when you really, whenever I had a fallout with someone and we really just confronted one another and we were very open and honest about our feelings, I always found no matter how much the person seemed to have hated me in their actions or what they said or however they made me feel, I always learned that it never came out of such an angry, angry place. Especially Christians, you know, because they have the love of God in them. And they're not like, we sometimes, especially when it comes to family, we think they're like the devil. We think I'm fighting Satan. No, you're not. You know, you need to realize that you can, and rejoice in the truth, the truth that they love you, the truth that they want the best for you, the truth that they also are trying to just figure it out. You know, you got to rejoice in the truth and not rejoice in um, the drama. You know, people love drama. Don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. It bears all things. You know, love is such a popular thing to be talked about in the world. Um, and I, I do this a lot. I'm learning about this a lot because I sit down with counseling and I counsel women through, like, unplanned pregnancies. And I find that... Um, especially with relationships, they find, for some reason, people think that love does not mean you need to bear anything or that it's supposed to be easy. You know, it's really easy to love someone when there's nothing to bear, when there's nothing to carry, nothing to hold up, nothing to fix. But that's not love. Love is love says it bears all things. It believes all things. That means it believes. That means no matter what is happening, it believes in the good. It believes there's hope. It believes that God can do what he says he does. It says it hopes all things. So there, it believes all things and hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But then, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So, when Jesus comes back, all these things are going to cease. Prophecies will cease. Um, knowledge, the gift of knowledge will cease because, you know, we'll be in, we'll be in heaven. You won't have any more to prophesy or um, have knowledge of because it'll be here. But it says, what will never fail, what will never cease? Love. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but the face to but but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now faith abides, faith, hope, love. And now abide faith, hope, love. These things, but the greatest of these is love. You know, the Bible says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's very childish. It's very high school to hold on to gossip and to expect the worst and love the drama and all that. That's very childish. It really is. Um, and I remember I was, like, working at Starbucks, and we would, whenever there was drama, we would always be like, oh, it feels like high school where everything's a big deal. And, ah, uh, like... You know, you guys know hormones and you're just crazy and everything's like end all be all and the world's ending every single time. But it says that when you, when I became a man, so when this person matured, it says I put away childish things. It is time to grow up, people. It is time to put away childish things, especially right now. The world is ending. Good Jesus is coming soon. If there was a time to be motivated to mature, now is the time. It is now time to be grown, okay? To put away the childish things. Put away childish things. You're probably going, oh, what are childish things? Anything a child would do. Children throw tantrums. They pout. They whine. They cry. Um, they, they, they're very short-sighted. They don't think other than themselves. Those are all childish things. 
Put away those things. You literally, to put away means you need to take something and move it. You need to take it out of your life. Thinking it's not there and just ignoring it is not putting it away. You need to consciously put these things away. Evaluate your life. Evaluate your heart. Say, you know, I say I love these people. You know, but I'm not actually loving them the way the Bible says. And when you start to love people the way the Bible says, your life changes. You know, I I work in, I work, I live in a pastor's household. My father's a pastor. Um, our family is very involved in ministry. And in a family where we're constantly ministering to people, we're constantly praying for other people, I realize that we don't often pray for each other instantly. Like if someone came up to me and said they were sick, um, I would be like, oh my gosh, let me pray for you. And I pray for them instantly and instantly they're healed. But, but when it comes to my family, sometimes I find that, oh, they have a headache. I'm like so judgmental. I'm like, oh, why? Do you not believe in divine healing? Oh, you should, you know, claim your faith. Or the other day I was sad um, and I asked my sister to pray for me. And she was like, what do you need prayer for? And I said, I need joy. And she goes, oh, why don't you just go watch Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and get some joy? You know, which is, in, it's valid. And I've said those same things. And you know what? I also learned that like when you have the joy of the Lord, it's hard to stay sad. When I was in that moment and I was it, it was and I was trying to stay sad, it was really hard. Like I had to work really hard to stay in that darkness. Because when you have the joy of the Lord, when you have the light of the Lord, light casts out all darkness and light casts out all fear. And so I literally like was trying to hold on to this darkness and I couldn't because the joy of the Lord is so strong. And you need to get to a point in your life where you rely solely on the Lord, that He's the one that resonates, that His Spirit and His love is what is um, the majority in your heart. You know what I mean? Is what is all of your heart. Because I remember I used to live life with like, I've shared this before in my preaching, but I always say that when I was in high school or in elementary, I feel like I gave God like 5% of my life. You know, I, I went to church on Sunday, I went to youth group on Friday. So that was probably like, uh, I don't know, seven hours. So probably, probably less than 5%. But I said I would give God like 5% of my life. And you know what? That 5% was lit. Like it was a good time. I felt God's presence. I felt his love. I was at peace. I felt known. I felt saved. Um, but the 95%, I was living another life. And it wasn't until I was like in my 20s, like 19, when I turned an adult. See, so yeah, I grew up. Um, and I said, I'm going to turn over the 95%. I'm going to turn it. I want to turn over the 100%. And I had to surrender. I had to be like, God, I want you to be in charge of 100%. But you know what also happened when I did that? Every area of my life was blessed. Every area I had peace. Every area I had joy. Every area I had purpose and love and, like, uh, motivation and excitement and fruit. In every area of my life, it wasn't just on Sundays. There was fruit everywhere, every day. No matter what I touched, there was fruit. Um, I was listening to Jonathan Shuttlesworth this morning, and he was talking about the blessings of Isaac and how, um, you know, when there was famine and the whole, like literally the whole country is like dying, no land is producing fruit, but Isaac's was. And so the government seizes his land and they think, oh, Isaac's land is blessed, let's use his. And then as soon as they take his land away from him, it no longer um, bore fruit. And he said they realized that the blessing was not in what they have, but in in Isaac himself, they said, the blessing is in you. So Jonathan has to repeat, repeat that the blessing is not in what I have and what I do, but it is in me. And that is so true. When you have, when you allow God into your life, when you surrender your life, you allow God to bless it. And you put God and you put Jesus in your heart. Jesus is now in you. That blessing is now in you. It flows through you. It flows out of you. That's literally the source. And who is God? God is love. Okay. God is love. So when you're trying to wonder, who is God? How should I act? You know, the Bible says to be perfect, for I am perfect. To be, follow Jesus as the disciples follow Jesus. To be like Jesus. Well, guess what? God is love. So the first way to do that 
one of the best ways to go about it is to go through love. And I'll tell you why in a second. It says here in Galatians 5, 6, it says, um, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith worketh, but faith which worketh by love. In Jesus Christ, faith only works through love. It doesn't matter how full of faith you are. If it's not through love, it's not of Christ. So then it's not of Christ, and then it doesn't do anything. And you know what? It's impossible to please God without faith. So you need faith, and faith works by love. Kenneth Hagin, um, he says in his book, uh, Doubt and Fear, and he has like a psalm for it. And I was so blessed by it. So I'm literally just going to read it to you because it's so powerful. He says this in, in his book, um, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. He has a little psalm on faith and doubt and fear. And it says, Doubt and fear are the two tormenting twins of the enemy down here, sent to harass and rob you of God's blessings. But faith and love come from above. Faith and love, for faith worketh by love. And faith working by love will give you victory in every circumstance. Will give you deliverance out of every problem. Faith and love sent from heaven above. Faith and love born of your spirit that is regenerated and born again. The love of God shed abroad in your spirit. Faith rising up out of the word upon which you meditate and think. So cast aside doubt and fear, for they have no place in you as you walk down here. For he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So cast away doubt and fear as, you'll as you'd pull off your coat or cloak and throw it on one side and rise up and walk in love and act in faith. And all the heavenly blessings from above shall be at your disposal. And in his great plan, you shall live and enjoy his blessings and you will walk. And as you walk in this time... And so you shall rejoice and be glad. For you see, this is the day and this is the hour of your time. You know, doubt and fear is literally the opposite of love. And that's literally what stems from, I think, in the like in any relationship, doubting someone, doubting that they aren't going to be what God calls them to be. And being and fear, being afraid of what will happen to them. Those are literally, the Bible says that, are, are, sorry, Kenneth Hagin says, are the tormenting twins of the enemy. That's like his favorite two-pronged attack to doubt and make you full of fear. But guess what? We don't have those. Those do not come from God. We have faith and love. And love really is the greatest gift because God so loved the world that he gave his son. Because God loved us so much, he gave us his son. And Jesus Christ is the reason we can have all these things. He's the reason why we don't deserve, we don't need to take what we deserve, but we can receive all the things that Jesus Christ himself deserves because that's what happened on, Christ, on the cross of Calvary. And you know, faith working by love will give you victory in every circumstance. That's what Kenneth Hagin said, and it's so true. When you have faith and you work it by love, you literally have victory in every area of your life. Literally every area. When you have faith for people, it doesn't matter what the situation may be, no matter how dark, no matter how dim, if you love them and you want to see God's love penetrate through life and you have faith and you believe, guess what? It happens. Because God is in the business to see people restored. He loves people more than you love them. He wants to see them turn to Him and experience the blessing and goodness of His will. God wants that more than you do. So when you line up with God and you allow Him to use you, then boom, you see miracles, you see breakthrough, you see revival, you see people turned and restored, you see hearts um, whole and wounds healed. Literally everything happens when you get in line with God, when you work through faith and love. Amen? And it says, um, Kenneth Hagin says, he will give you deliverance out of every problem. 
That's literally, he will give you deliverance out of every problem. You know, uh, they always do this joke where they have people in church, they go, anyone have a problem? And almost everyone's hands go up. You know what? Because it's, it's very common. But guess what? The Bible promises deliverance. When through faith and love, the Bible says that we have victory over everything in this world. Our faith is what overcomes. When you have faith in God, faith is believing in the things you hope for and evidence of things that seems. When you believe what the isn't there yet is there, you believe you have, you know, spiritualized, you believe what God said in his word is true. When you believe that, it comes to pass. And literally, the Bible says that it delivers you out of every evil. It does not matter what kind of trap the devil tries to set you up in. You literally come out of it delivered. Delivered means that someone comes in and takes you out. Like, that's what deliverance means. It doesn't mean you escaped and did it on your own. Deliver means someone comes in, swoops out, and takes you out. And that's your promise. First John 5, 4 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. That's what I said earlier. Every child of God. First John 5, 4. Turn there with me. If you have your Bibles, turn to First John chapter 5, verse 4. This is one of my favorite verses because it's so powerful. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Okay? We have been given the greatest gift, the greatest gift of Jesus Christ, to receive God's love for us. Because God's love the world that he gave us, to receive that gift out of the abundance of God's love. When we receive that gift, okay, it says that we, as children of God, born of God, overcome the world. That is what, that is your guarantee. That is your destiny. That is your gift. That is just a part of who you are when you become a child of God. You overcome the world. What's the world? You're on it right now. Earth, that's the world, okay? It says you overcome it. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith is the thing that overcomes. Because the faith that you believe that Jesus Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you believe that He died and rose again, and that He's coming back for you, that faith, believing in that, is the victory that allows you to overcome the world. When you know that Jesus Christ overcome power, health, and the grave, every single thing, and He finished the work, and that we just get to walk in the blessings and the promises, when you start to live in that, you start to live in the overcomeness of who you are. I don't know if that's a word, but you live in that, is a difference and when you you know what we love because Christ first loved us and God first loved us that's why we do it I was reading a book I think it was Kenneth Hagin too but it was saying how when we get the peace from God we're able to minister peace when we get the love from God we're able to minister the love the problem is people are trying to minister the love and the peace out of their own efforts they're not pulling it from God they're not receiving it from God they're just pulling it out of their own butts and they're going oh I gotta love I gotta love these people and I gotta give people peace and take care of them and no you're not it's supposed to come out of the overflow of what Christ has given to you what has been afforded to you what have it's a gift you literally just receive it and the same way that we receive gifts you know the same way that we expect to receive gifts on our birthday we should also give gifts on other people's birthdays the same way you don't have that that Right? As we freely receive, we freely give. The same way you receive the gift is when you give. Now, here's the problem. You cannot give unless you've received. You cannot give the power of God until you've received the power of God. So this is a moment for you to receive God's love. To receive the revelation of God's love. Receive the revelation of who, what love really is. And put that into practice. You know, the Bible says that we, not sh- that we should not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. You heard what the word of God says is love. You heard it. I just read it. 1 Corinthians 13. Okay, I read the whole chapter. So now you need to do that. Bear all things. Hope all things. Endure all things. Be patient. Be kind. Suffer long if you have to. Because you know what? It just takes one more of the presence of God for people to turn. I've seen it. 
in my own life so many, many times when no matter how broken, no matter how far off, no matter how scared, no matter how unlike, you can't see the light anymore. Jesus is the light. And when you bring him in, when people get into the presence, nothing can stand. And that's the victory that we have. We get, we literally get to walk in that. So, you know, let this be a moment like, oh, you know what? I think I've been loving wrong. I want to receive the love of God, that love. I want to receive the love God has for me so that I can then invoke the same love and give the same love to other people. Because guess what, y'all? This whole love that the world has, that I'm just sending positive vibes and, um, you know, let's, let's just think positive thoughts and sending you love. Guess what? That does zilch. Nothing. Okay, but you know what does when you say I command the power of God to be released I command the spirit of joy the spirit of peace guess what that actually does stuff It does mighty things literally in an instant people are changed I literally have had people who have struggled with anxiety and depression and fear and, and like all these things And then literally in one moment the God they're like wow, I have peace I had someone once tell me things that they were struggling with for years in literally a day God fixed it Because that's the God we serve. Amen so start to function under the gifts that God has given you. Stop doing things out of your own strength. You know, that's the case. The Bible says that um, the cross and the message of who Jesus Christ is foolishness to the world, but it's strength and power to the ones who believe. You know why? Because, and it says, the reason it's foolishness is because to the world, it takes all the work out of it. It literally makes you think, if you want to, you know, if you want to receive, you got to give. It's the opposite. If you want God to move, you got to surrender. Like, that makes no sense to a non-spiritual person. But to Christians, that is power. Knowing what Christ did, knowing the truth is power. The Word of God is power to us. It's foolishness to the world. But guess what? That's why we got to share the gospel so that people can be enlightened, so people can understand the truth, and Christ can be revealed, and people can get saved. Because listen, y'all, the world is ending, and people need to know Jesus so that when this world ends, they're not going to suffer. They're not going to struggle. Every single, you per, every single person you see walking down the streets, every single person you sit next to on the bus, who you sit across in the desks, in the cubicles, or whatever, whoever you walk alongside, whoever you know, in your life all of them are either going to go to heaven or hell and you have the greatest gift when you're born again you have the greatest gift you have the love of Christ in your in your heart you have who he is you understand him you understand that there's peace knowing that Christ died for you because he loved you so much so that you could have eternal life you have that gift so share it amen share the gift you know the beauty of the fact that we're not saved by our works is no one has to work so hard to get it. We just receive it so that we can freely give it. We didn't have to, we didn't have to torment on our own to find it. Someone literally told us, the Bible says that people, um, their faith is built by hearing the word and people come to know Christ by those who tell him, who tell them. You were told the gospel. That's how you got saved. Someone told you. They shared the gift and the knowledge they knew and they shared it with you. And that's why you get to partake what you have. So share it. You know, in my discipleship class, um, not essentially fast, but yeah, like doing purple book training and it kind of trains you how to be a strong disciple of Jesus Christ. And, um, the number, one of the first things they teach you is as soon as you learn something, you have the power to, and the wisdom to share it. Once you learn how to tie a shoe, you can teach someone else. Once you learn how to walk, you can teach someone else. I, and you see it even like with like, um, multiples, we you know, when there's quadruplets after one, um, one of the babies walks, the other three follow shortly after. Why? Because after one does it, everyone can follow. Be the one who will be different, who will do, who will love the way God showed us. People learn by example. The Bible says to lead by example, that they will see you and then they will see, um, they will see Christ in you and they'll receive you and they'll receive Christ. So that's what you got to do. You got to live by example. And the best way is to love properly. 
We cannot be loving incorrectly and then telling people, oh yeah, love God because look how good his love is for me when you don't even represent a good representation of what love really is. You know what I mean? You have like, you're like the knockoff brand and you're trying to sell it as if you're like Gucci. Like, no, you're not. You're like, you know what I mean? Stop giving the fake version. You need to better yourselves, you guys. In this time, the Bible says that we got to be holy because Jesus is coming soon. We got to be perfect. We got to develop ourselves. The Bible says we're going to be judged off the word of God. And if you're going, oh, I don't know what's in the word of God. That's not God's problem. That's your problem. So now's the time to get in the word, understand what the word of God says and do it. And here's the first step. Love people around you. Because it's really easy to change how you act. If you just consciously decide, I got to love this way, right? It's true. All you got to do is make a decision. So I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I pray that today will be the day that we will turn our hearts, that we will love the way you love us. Lord, I bind every spirit of selfishness and guilt and shame and fear and doubt. And Lord, I thank you that you are overwhelming each and every one of us who are listening with your love. I thank you that the love that you have for us, Lord, is overwhelming and never fails. And I thank you, Lord, because you first loved us, we can love others the same way, Lord. Strengthen us, equip us to love the way you've called us to do. Lord, give us the power to live according to your word. Your word says that you have given us everything we need to do what you've called us to do. So I thank you that we already have it and all we gotta do is do it. I thank you that we can do it in Jesus' name. And we bind the self-doubt right now. Those are lies from the devil that is telling you that you can't do it. You can. You can be the woman and the man of God that God's called you to be. You can love that person who seems to have hurt you so much. You can forgive that person who hurt you or wronged you. You can love them the way Christ loves them because guess what? Christ loved you first while you were still like that. So Lord, I thank you that you loved us. Even while we were still in sin, you loved us so much that you were able, you were willing to die for us. So Lord, I thank you that that revelation will reign true, will spark anew, a fresh anointing on our lives. And a fresh um, understanding to love people the way you love us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. You know, I, I learned this in my own life. As soon as I started loving people properly, life got easy. It did. It got really easy because faith works by love. And so when I didn't have love, my faith didn't work. No matter how much faith you have, if you don't do it out of love, it ain't going to work. All right, y'all. So I realized I had like a love issue um, with some people in my life. And I changed it. I adjusted, I realized what the word of God says, and the first line covers it, it suffers long and is kind, and that's a word for most of us, that you have to suffer all for a long time and be kind, that's what love does, and when you do that, and you continue to love, and you hope and endure, and believe all things, and you allow God to do his work, the power of God's love, y'all, the power of God's love is what's able to get us saved and healed and all those things, because he loves us so much, that same power now resides in you, so use it. Amen. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, I love you. If you want to feel the love, I encourage you to come to Kings Canada, Kings Chapel Canada. We love you. We would love to meet you. We want to, you know, see more people face to face. You know, this podcast thing is a great platform um, to reach more people, but we want to actually like reach you physically and get to know you because people need to experience God's love on a daily basis um, and in person because there's power in gathering. And so, yeah, come, Kings Chapel Canada. We'd love to have you. Um, check us out on Instagram. Check and DM us for location and stuff like that. We'd love to meet you. You know, if those of you who are like, I've been listening to the podcast and like, I feel God's love, um, but you have not yet come to church, listen, y'all, like, you're missing out. You know, people don't know what they're missing out until you experience it. Just come. Come one Sunday, see how it is. And let me tell you, your life will be changed forever because nothing is said in the presence of God. Come to where all the all these saints gather to experience the presence of God because he shows up every single time. 
and everything is changed. Literally one moment in the presence of God changes your life. So if you want to experience God's power in greater measure, you got to come to church. Come to God's home. Amen? Alright, I love you. Love others the way God loved you. Amen? Thank you for listening. Please write a review and share the podcast. God bless.